0: Yeah, I was wondering if you guys actually enjoyed treating your customers like a piece of s sh- because that's how I felt when I went to the Alamo draft house. Okay? You know what? I didn't know that I wasn't supposed to text in your little crappy ass theater, it was too fing dark. In that place for me to find my seat, all right? I was using my phone as a flashlight to get to my seat. So excuse me for using my phone in USA, United States of America, where you are free to text in a theater. I was not aware that I couldn't text in your theater, all right? I've texted in all the other theaters in Austin, and no one ever gave a fuck about what me I was doing in my fucking phone, all right? And it was on silent. It wasn't on loud. It wasn't bothering anybody. You guys, obviously, were being assholes me, And I'm sure that's what you do, you know, to rip people off. You take my money and then you throw me out. You know, I will never be coming back to your Alamo draft house or whatever. I'd rather go to a regular theater where people are actually polite. And, you know, I'm going to tell everyone about how you are. And I'm pretty sure you guys are being on purpose. So thanks for making me feel like a customer. Thanks for taking my money.
1: There's a force hidden in all of us. Only a select few, the fearless, will discover it. Mortal combat. Unleash it and ignite a new realm of possibilities. Where legends are rewritten. And new alliances are forged. The fight is calling. Who will you bring? Who will you trust? No longer are we beholden to the past. A new era is upon us. This is our time. This is...
2: Phenom Radio is the home of the hottest Indian music. Tune into the Phenom Radio Top 20 Countdown Monday through Friday, 10 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Pacific. Raise the shelf, raise your pause. When the sun, if I can actually build this at scale and it really does fundamentally teach an entire generation about how credit works before they even have to have access to it, like this feels bigger than me. My name is Evan Leapart and I am founder and CEO of Kitty Credits. So what we are at our core is a chore tracking app that teaches kids about credit. I was always an entrepreneur, but I was never building out like a tech platform at scale. So I really didn't know too much about it. The process, it was just really collaborative, right? Like talking to Chris, talking to Renato, they have VC type backgrounds. They know our conversations that we're going to be having with investors. So they gave insights into design to say, like, if you do this, this will make more sense to explain your vision for why you're trying to go from A to B, and then from B to C. And it goes from being the cute kitty project to something that, ah, okay, I see what you guys are trying to do now. It was a lot easier with investor conversations. It was a lot easier to gain partners, upcoming clients. It's really been a big win for us.
1: (laughs) worked for them, and sought a place where they had a better chance of becoming real. For generations, Brockton has welcomed those seeking something better. From those who came in search of opportunity, to today's multicultural population that makes us the most diverse community in all of New England. Brockton is a place where homes are more affordable. Communities closer. Where a strong and talented workforce fuels the success of businesses big and small. And the vision of a more diverse and equitable America is being realized every day. It's where ideas take root. Businesses grow. Communities thrive. New beginnings unfold. And the promise of a better life is kept. Brockton, Massachusetts. Where better begins.
3: I some news today from the radio man He spoke the words somber and as softly as he can the world stood still And the sky opened up I made my way to fill up my coffee cup Then it occurred to me as the daylight sky shone blue Today's the day that Johnny met June waited a while He knew that he would He was gonna hang around here for as long as he could the days went by And hours idle passed, he was never sure just how long he would last But there's not much love in a lonely room, today's the day that Johnny met June
1: Have a good summer.
4: You too. Oh, thanks. Hey, you must be bored.
3: <laughs>
1: no way.
4: <laughs> this is the guy that I was running to in the library. You're kind of
1: guilty. So you like to write on desks.
3: Yeah, that's what I do. <laughs>
4: Leanna Marie, and you're watching The Booth, a Sinister One production on Hoobazoo.com.
5: You still got your boombox?
1: Play something and turn it way up.
5: It's your boy Sinister One broadcasting live from the City of Champions. You are watching the booth. It is. <laughs> First of all, 22nd anniversary of 9-11 was yesterday. Um, you know, my prayers and blessings go out to those families who lost loved ones uh during that time. Um it's it's crazy that it's twenty-two years um that, that since this has happened. Um it, it's crazy, 22 years um, It is now September 12th We've got a lot of stuff to talk about i got to thank my guests from last week First Tuesdays Ken Diesenhoff Robert Resnick from the Corps that they came on here We broke down all of our political stuff We talked about all the things we need to talk about So I hope you guys tuned in If you missed it You want to make sure to check out the podcast And um, Support the podcast on itunes youtube it's everywhere everywhere you want to jump on it and check it out my first guest tonight is on with me um and he's running for city council at large and i'm gonna let my man up here on the left introduce himself what's up travis proddington i see you in the chat oscar mike radio thursday nights and hellfish haven on wednesday nights travis doing a good job over there i'm gonna let my guest up here introduce himself before i get into the sponsors
6: uh, good evening. My name is Jed Horesco, J-E-D. Uh, you might have seen my signs around town. Vote Jed. Uh, I am running for Brockton City Council at Large, which means a citywide counselor. Uh, are, you can vote for up to four of us. There's an election a week from today, and then there's an election in November. The The election a week from today is sort of like a semifinal. It'll narrow the field, uh, and I'd appreciate your vote in both cases.
5: Can I go on or I didn't want to
6: take too much time? No,
5: no, no. I just wanted to introduce yourself. And (laughs) I got a quick question for you because I'm going to get into my sponsors. But before I get into my sponsors, usually we do an interview first 10 minutes of the show. And then afterwards, if you've got time, you can stay on and talk with me about the topics that I have for tonight. Different topics. I tell people if you know about the topic that I'm talking about, go ahead. Speak from the heart. If it's something you don't know about. Don't fake it, cuz my the people who watch this show, they're very smart people. They love the show and they they definitely like to call people up, but it's it's a good show. If you can stay on, please let me know. Right. Let me get into my sponsors first, though. Michael Douglas Barreto, MDB Electronics. Look, there's only one game that mostly me and all my friends are playing right now, Starfield. This game is amazing. It's deep, it's crazy. If your control mess up, get it out to Michael Douglas Barreto. You're back to gaming in 24, 48 hours. Diana Marie's music, it's personal. 494,000 streams for her entire library. Let's push that up to 500,000. Tactical target systems. If you see those zombie targets that I'm at the range with, reach out to Dawn Robertson. Get yourself the zombie life-size targets for the range. Also, I love Boston sports. I had one of their shirts and hats on Saturday when I broadcasted live. From the Brockton Beer Company. Thanks to them for help hosting me and Maddie C. two Saturdays ago. Also, Kimberly Ann, Empowerment so Photography. Off, me, check and that man. out. If you want to get your photos done, ladies, check that out. Get them done in a safe, private, and, and comfortable environment. Before we get into the news booth, you heard my man Jed's coming on here, running for city council at large. Um, give us your history here in the Brockton area, Jed
6: so i uh I'm relatively new to Brockton uh, this November will make four years that I've been here. I was a first time home buyer, so I bought a condo. I was looking all around uh this part of Massachusetts, and I was actually looking not for a condo but a single family house. But I found this condo it was in you know perfect condition, and I had a kid to send off to college, and I just didn't want to buy a place where there were any mysteries and and the other places I was looking at had a lot of mysteries. I'll put it that way. Uh, so, uh, but I'm originally from, uh, Boston. I lived there since I was six. Uh, uh, and, uh, but I knew about Brockton because when I went back to college, I had done a a project in community development with the Brockton interfaith community BIC around 2009, 2010. Uh, so that's what made me feel like, Oh, I'll consider Brockton. I I've been downtown. I've been around in Brockton and, and, uh, so it's really nice to be working with dick again in in other con- you know another context um so uh but i i do accounting for a living but my other career was running youth programs for uh knuckleheads shall we say so uh dropouts uh, uh young people with criminal records uh, so called gang members so basically doing intervention uh mm-hmm. and, um uh so but i've also worked in the private sector i've uh i I dj uh i do a lot of different things and i i I would argue i'm one of the most well-rounded candidates in the race actually Uh, wow i didn't know
5: you i didn't know you i I saw you posting a lot of stuff about dj but i didn't know you actually so from a fellow dj what's going on um i didn't know you actually dj i thought you just was a fan of dj in turntablism and i thought you just was posted about that stuff but you're an actual dj oh we could we could share some stories (laughs)
6: Yeah, I don't I don't do it enough really to make a career out of but I I DJed uh in Prava, which was the the summertime beer yep, garden events that yep. used to happen here. And then uh I DJ a lot of community events. So and I was uh, Iana I've been Ayanna Presley's DJ for a long time. So for like fundraisers and parades and those mm-hmm, kind of mm-hmm. things. So uh yeah, so I, I enjoy that a lot. But uh but yeah.
5: I love the, I love the kids. And you know, it stinks that I got hit by a car in February. I wasn't able to do a lot of the field days that I was able to do here in the city of Brockton. I used to do the Downey field day for many years. I love the energy that the kids bring. Sometimes the kids are better than the adults. To be honest, the energy that kids bring is just crazy. Um, doing the football games and things of that sort is just amazing. Um, your platform I wanted to talk to you about is very, very interesting. But one of the things that you, you want to talk about, and I got, I want to put it out there because it's something that a lot of candidates don't talk about in a right. positive way. Mostly everybody right. bashes it. And you, you want to bring and and change a culture of attitude towards the car culture community in this city, which we've seen this summer. You know, the cops had a big crackdown and they actually it up a lot of these kids on the bikes across the city and you were one of the ones that, you know, spoke of these kids and say, let's give them a place, you know, I, I'm going to let you speak on it. Cause you you speak from the right. heart on this, on this topic.
6: Right. So I, I feel, um, so part of where this comes from is, is, you know, anybody who follows the, you know, online, you know, either online or just in word of mouth, Brockton issues that many, many people talk about what they call drag racing in our city streets and a lot of those kind of things. So there's that. Then there's, uh, I'm on a rezoning committee. So the city has a committee that's looking into rezoning Brockton and the Trout Brook area, which is the CSX parcel. And I noticed in that meeting, and, and they, the, the northern part of that zone is the beginning of North Montello Street, where there are a number of auto shops, right? And I noticed people talking about uh, in the future, the sort of wishful thinking that it's going to become housing up there and that and that maybe even we can zone those places out of existence so meaning zo- that wouldn't mean that that they would get evicted but just that the zoning would change from industrial or commercial to housing so that if those owners themselves or other people wanted to buy those properties and make housing but basically this this idea that that if only that uh, car if only that you know all the auto body shops as people say all those auto body if those would just go away right and i i don't think that 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 does that defies reality so i i did i looked in the brockton uh assessing list which is what you know the the tax assessor has the list of properties most of us know that that uh the assessments are a little bit low below market value Mm -hmm. but for what it's worth in in this city uh for all the auto related categories except for parking lots because that's sort of a whole separate thing parking lots and garages but every other category gas station service uh car wash uh, we have $115 million worth of assessed property uh, across 182 properties that are identified as as vehicle, uh, as auto-related. We have 73 auto repair facilities to the tune of $31 million. Uh, and then, of course, uh, vehicle sales and service, we have 41 of those. So it's not just those big dealerships over by 24, uh, mm-hmm. to the tune of almost 44 million dollars so i say let's try to embrace the car culture and let's try to sort of mold it instead of just wish it went went away and i sort of have that attitude about a lot of different problems that 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 you know, So know you think of it sort of like cannabis right i mean for years this country we spent all this time trying to suppress <laughs> cannabis Don't and now we figured, started right and put people in jail and prison and oh. now we figured out hey how about a different method right because uh, I'm, I, you know, I'm I'm willing to bet that that for all those people who were arrested in the roundup on the bikes who weren't like criminal, you know, didn't have criminal issues in other areas, but just got banged with, t- I'm willing to bet that the cost of the fines and the tickets they've had to pay is probably about the same cost they would have had to pay if they just got legal, right? So if we just help them get legal with their registration or with their license or all that. so So, and then I also feel like, you know, as you know, culturally, we're here sort of we're both sort of city, and we've got some Boston aspects, but we're also Plymouth County, right? And we've got we've got junkyards in the city limits, right? Like like down by the uh, by Mount Mount Trashmore, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So uh, so there's that culture where where people are used to being able to work on vehicles in their yards and on you know. So I'm not advocating that we have residential areas. You know, people doing auto repair but i'm just saying well
5: well, let's be i'm just gonna call this out we do because (laughs) i live i live two blocks away gladstone street last week on gladstone there was a resident there running a whole tire shop out of his house and (laughs) somebody turned him in uh, because he was running a full-blown tire shop people were there at the house on the weekend street was all got backed up i guess and then there's cars there's left behind cars and you know, so it does. It does go on um, in this city, but yeah, you
6: you, you so, make a great point. Yeah. So I, I so I think you know, what if we did things? So people are obviously not many people are very proud of their vehicles, and I'm old enough to remember, uh, you know, in the seventies and into the early eighties, the way that people work on computers now like my son's built his second custom computer, right? It's the way people used to work on cars for a much broader section of the country. And before we got on, you were talking about teenagers and having like certain new cars and that, well, that, you know, that was, that was very widespread. Like that was if your family was middle-class and could afford that instead of a thousand dollar iPhone, you got maybe a thousand dollar used car that then maybe you fixed up. Right. So so I'm I'm saying, why not embrace it? People are proud of it. So what if we had, for example, I, I don't know, you could call it like a parade or call it something, a procession down Main Street where people and it could not, you know, not race, but just show off their vehicles and maybe get prizes for the best vehicles or that, or maybe be able to do a certain amount of, you know, not racing, but, but tricks in the street since the street would be blocked off, right? And I'm mm-hmm. also including, you know, uh, uh you know, the motorbike kids, just to be clear, not just cars, you know, and uh, uh, so what if we had that kind of thing? Now, my more sort of outlandish proposal, and I, I don't think this would really go anywhere in reality in Brockton, but I just, but I'm just saying this to make the point of what's possible. You know, where my mom lives in Indiana, there's legal drag racing, right? That's in the United States. So that's not in some other, co- you know, I don't think Indiana's laws are that much different than Massachusetts. What they did is they took an old airstrip, so they have a nice straight, straightaway. But frankly, the infrastructure for the drag racing is less than what you need for any kind of car racing. They literally, I checked it out. Uh, they have one little set of stands, then they've got like a observation tower and, uh, and they've got a clear set of rules about what you can and cannot do. And, and, but, but they have organized, regulated drag racing uh, in the summer, at least two, you know, two or three nights a week. So I, I just think we need to think out of the box, you know?
5: And here, and here's the funny thing. We I talked about this with Jed off-air, and I'm going to mention this now here on-air. And Jed, as he said, he's new to Brockton. And I spoke with Jed, and I told Jed, but those who are old school like me who've been in Brockton since the 70s, we had embraced this culture. We did have this culture here, and it got out of hand. And that was the big problem. Uh Brockton was one of the top places in the country. West Side Burger King was the number one Burger King in sales on Friday and Saturday nights in the country. In the country. Why? Cuz everybody came from all over the state of Massachusetts to Brockton to show off their cars, to show off their motorcycles. and I hate to say this, they would go up to Westgate and they would race the quarter mile at Westgate. That's a perfect quarter mile. That light right there at the entrance of the mall to the end is a perfect quarter mile. They would race. It got to the point where people were racing for slips and losing cars. Uh, You had off-duty police officers coming up and racing. And then it would be like, it was like the movie Grease or American Graffiti. The cops would come to Westgate And guess where the kids would go? The kids would go over to the west side, D'Angelo Burger King, and then they would race up that quarter mile. And it was this constant back and forth all night long. And like I said, the one of the first problems was was that that was the early 90s. And that was the start of the 5.0 GT Mustangs. That was the Hurst Olds. That was the Grand Nationals. That was the IROCs. All of these cars like you said, parents would go out and their kids would graduate and guess what? You're buying your 16-year-old kid that graduated from high school a 5.0 Mustang GT. That kid has absolutely no business in that car, but yet every kid coming in had that car. They had that GT. They had that IROC. They had those cars. And we saw the races. I had a I had a I had a, I had a 750. That was the GPZ um, Kawasaki 750s. That's when those hit. That was right out the gate. Those crotch rockets hit the ground, and kids were buying them left and right. You had kids coming off a Honda 250s and 550s, and now you're getting on a jet bike, a crotch rocket that nobody. And like I said, Brockton was one of the biggest places for racing in this in this country until tragedy happened, and people were complaining. Residents were complaining to the point where it was so popular, Hot Rod Magazine was going to come here and do a whole featured article on the city of Brockton and the race culture. And unfortunately, Brockton shut that down, and the kids revolted. They tore the city up, up and down Main Street, burning their tires, doing spin-outs, and then shortly after that, unfortunately, one night, Westgate... Um, at Burger King West Side, um, two young men, Rob Berry, who everybody remembers, and Dylan Lounge, lost their life on a motorcycle in front of everybody, just outside the West Side Burger King. And anybody who grew up in the '90s and drove a car, we know all the people who had all the badass cars. Brian Sullivan with the green Ford Explorer, all done up. We know everybody. I had, I had the '80s. Look, I was. I was 19 years old working for the MBTA, living at home with my parents. I was driving a 1987 Mitsubishi Starion ESIR Twin Turbo. (laughs) Yeah. You know, that, and that, and I had a phone in my car and everything. This was like, nobody even heard of stuff like this. Um, But yeah, Rob Berry and and Dylan Lounge, they lost their life on a motorcycle. No helmets. Um, Their heads hit the curb. They both died. And uh, Brockton shut it down shut it and never look back. They shut everything down in this city and they never look back. And I think that stigma, to be honest, is still here with the older generation. Right. Um, Cause we all remember that. We all know that. And that's why I think you might find, you know, people kind of against your thought process, but um, you know, maybe it is time to bring something like that back into the city. Um, instead of sending it all up to New Hampshire, up the track, some people go down the Seaconk. But right. Brockton could support something like that. If they could get rid of that stigma from that tragedy. Cause I think that tragedy was, it was real bad. It was, it was real bad for the city. Um, and then shortly after that, you had a, a GT Mustang on West street front of West junior high. He was doing a hundred and something miles an hour and he killed people. He was going so fast. His engine ended up in the tree just after the golf course. So, Brockton kind of was like, we got to shut this down. And that's what, and that's kind of what happened. So um, if you find people who are against this, I can tell you this is one of the reasons why, but you're making a good point because there's a whole new generation of kids. Um, A lot of these kids used to be able to go down to UPS, the back of UPS. I don't know if you're familiar with Oak Hill way. That was the, for the longest time, that was the pits. If you had a dirt bike or an ATV, that's where you could go. And then guess what happened? The city went down there and shut that area down, and that was a great place to go, um, Oak Hill Way. Maybe we should bring that back, you know, get get a get a dirt track area, or, or maybe show these kids uh, the tracks, you know, these trails. What if we showed these kids the trails in the area along these railroad tracks where they can ride legally and, and without having the cops after them? What about that?
6: Right. Well, I think I so all the knowledge you just you just dropped here, right? And like little detail. So I let me ask a question. So was this is this the same Burger King on Belmont Street or a different location?
5: Nope, Belmont Street, the one that's dead ass empty right now. So that explains
6: Friday. why that lot is so huge.
5: That I, that is dude <laughs> <you> know, like, <laughs> that lot, trust dude, that lot on a Friday and Saturday night. Oh my God. All right. And and I've got people in the chat right now. William Atwood is saying, Yep, that lot you would have, sometimes you would have to drive around the block wow! because the lot was so full, you couldn't get in. You had to wait for people to leave to get in. And then they, they started parking you across the street right. as an overflow. But people didn't want to be there because Burger King was the spot. That wow. was, that's where the press, that's where everybody came to race. You would set up your race for slips there. And then you would drive over the Westgate at the quarter mile. And then boom, your quarter, and then they'd come back and, Oh yeah, it was it was it was amazing, like I said, that Burger King was number one in the country in sales
6: and and if there had been a light, so I just talked to uh some I was canvassing today. I talked to someone about they were uh she used to teach at West Junior West middle and about how mm-hmm. that light is relatively recent. There used to not be a traffic light there but so but honestly, if there'd been a light there would would, would anyone have stopped while they were racing or no, it would not have mattered
5: it went not mad different they, problem the, all right yeah that the, the way yeah. that everything was done and I hate, to, I hate to say it they had it locked down the racing was lo- and like i said you had off duty police officers coming up and racing
6: yeah
5: <laughs> you had off duty cops coming up and racing that's how that's how insane it was in the 90s here and like i said if it wasn't for rob berry and Dylan lounge getting killed in that motorcycle accident who knows what would have happened but that's what that's what shut the culture down with a quickness. Oh. that was it. That was it. It was all done. It was a wrap.
6: But I, so I think so. Even if even if people can't be convinced this, or you know, maybe someone will even convince me that it's not a good idea. I I think it's a great thought exercise, and it's really a, a great example about how I, I'll call it outreach for lack of a better term. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll people who know the players and know the layers. It's the same thing we did with, and I'm not equate, I'm not saying the drivers are gang members by any stretch but but what unites those two things is you'll get law and order folks who say well why don't they just you know lock up those gang members or why don't they just write all these people tickets or why don't they just take all their bikes right and and with but and these if you don't know the players and the history then you're really way less effective right and and so i so so like what you said about about what are the dynamics like like what what why does someone feel driven to be a, to do that race? Is it because they lost to someone the year before? Like, like all these things are, are, it's important to know. And I, and even the the law enforcement, I mean, I remember years ago, I got involved with the case of a, a guy named Horace. I think what was his name was Horace who had been uh, bumped by a state trooper on 95. But the whole background behind that was that there was always this cat and mouse game between the motorcyclists. And the state state and the state trippers because they could mm-hmm. easily outnumber them. Now, if you don't know that thing, you say, Well, why don't we, you know, put a blockade and stop them? Or 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 what was it wasn't just like a bump out of the blue. It was there was a lot of history behind anger, frustration as to why that happened, right? Mm-hmm. And and that's way before any of these I call them the four, you know, the uh the 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 urban X games, you know, the guys who, you know, with
5: yeah, you see <laughs> them on, right? on TikTok. You see them on TikTok, yep.
6: You know so yeah so i i just but but and and like i said i think that legal things that we could do that you know c- certainly some kind of procession or i mean we have carnivals where people get braided and and win on their costumes so i don't see why yeah. you couldn't at least yeah. with like restorations for example
5: uh, a, a nice you know
6: a halloween
5: ride up main street for these cars for yep. Halloween would not be bad. A, a Halloween ride, Main Street is perfect for something like that. Um, uh, trust me, I would definitely be down to put that on. But you got to be, I, I, I just did a ride. I just did a ride for Slingshots for charity um, in Boston for, for Shriners. So you can do it and, and, and be legit about it. Um, you just have to have somebody who can be a leader and, and make sure everybody follows the rules and they're not, like you said, not knuckleheads. Because if you don't do this right the first time, they're not going to allow it again. Right. They're not going to prove it again. So you have to be able to show it. Um, you could have it where you could have a parade and then the parade ends at the fairgrounds or the fair, or it ends at one of these dealerships. Like when, you, when I heard you just say that people were complaining about body shops on North Montello, that, that kind of pisses me off because. Two of the best body shops in the city of Brockton, are on nor- are in that area of North Montello. Is Franny's Modern Auto Body, which has been a staple of Brockton forever, and then Spock Street Auto, which is kind of a spinoff of Franny's Modern Auto, which yeah. does a, a great a bunch of work, and they have been a long time staple here in the Brockton area when it comes to body work. And Franny does a lot to give back, and Spock Street Auto does a lot to give back to this city also. So. Um, I think guys like this would um do it. Now, at one time, we did host the Wheels of Time here in Brockton every September, um, at the fairgrounds. I don't know what happened with that. I don't know why that went away and it's hosted somewhere else. But that was a big draw. That Wheels of Time.
6: Well, and when you say draw, so that's the other. Th- I didn't say this explicitly, but but these are we can have events that bring in outside money and outside people to mm-hmm. Brockton right so that's that's a big part of why uh, uh, the pitch here um but and north montello i mean i i got a don uh, a very nice donation i very much appreciate it from one of the owners at of woodwards auto and uh so I, it, it actually had nothing to do with this uh she's on the zoning committee with me and she liked what i had to say and some other things related to that but but i started asking her about the place and i I had no idea. When you drive up, up North Montello, they basically have two blocks there. So they've got the yes, first they do. where their sign is. And what people don't know, at least I didn't know this, is they're one of the only independent auto parts shop left uh, right. in Massachusetts or New England All because you got all those chains That's in right. here. And they, in turn, supply... A lot of these other shops, right, and they run a delivery service all day long, bringing parts around. So they're they got a whole ecosystem. And you know,
5: (laughs) you want to know how Woodards became popular as a kid? Leaf springs.
0: Mm. Leaf
5: springs was one of the things that used to go on a lot of people's old cars back in the day. Leaf springs. Woodards built their empire off of off of leaf spring replacements, and that's how they kind of got started. That's how they were kind of known in Brockton. I had a seventy three. Mercury Cougar with a 351 Windsor engine. And I I had everything from J.C. Whitney magazine in that car (laughs) back in the day. I'm just dating myself by mentioning J.C. Whitney magazine. Um, But when my leaf springs rotted and snapped, you know, when I was looking, the first person told me, Jay, go to, go to Woodard's that they were the only ones that did the leaf spring work in this area. And I went to them cheap money, brand new leaf spring set, um, anybody who got leaf springs done, you went to Woodard's and that's kind of how they built their name up, you know, um, in this area. And then they, they moved on. Um, when I worked for, a, um, a garbage company about three years ago, we needed leaf springs. We needed springs done on all of our garbage trucks. And that's where we took them. Woodards.
6: Right. That was the place to go. Cause the next block. Or the next part of the parcel, the next whole building, which I didn't know that had that doesn't have the sign, but has all those giant garage doors, mm-hmm. they do major, major repairs. I mean, dump truck, you got a dump truck or that kind of mm-hmm. thing. That's what goes on in there. And uh, yeah, I, I thought it was just springs, like, wow, you know, a whole store just for springs, but now now I, I get it. Yeah, so they they've they been, been
2: there. Noticed.
5: I give them props. Wooded's oh. Woodeds has held it down when it when you didn't go you don't go anywhere else. Lee Springs was them. They were the place to go. And they do good work there. Fast turnaround. And there's a lot of places I think that would support your idea. Like a Woodard's, like Franny's Martin, like Spark Street Auto, uh George from Bumper the Bumper. He would definitely right. be on something like that. Someone in the chat they said you could actually host it at Kmart Parking Lot, which is a great parking lot because a lot of a lot of motorcycle rides and stuff. They, take, they leave from that lot because that's such a great lot right. for a car show. Um, and that's not really being utilized. But, yeah, that'd be a great place. You come right down Main Street, and then that would be where it would end. And people could show off their vehicles there, and you could have contests for best hydraulic kit or best paint job or best wrap job because there's so much new stuff out there now. Right. LEDs is a big thing. Wraps. Um, a lot of a lot of people are getting away from painting. This newer generation is getting into wrapping their cars because you could two years later you could say, "Oh, I want another graphic and rewrap your car." It's not like a paint job where it cost all this money. And so we're seeing a lot of people do some different things with vehicles. Um, yeah, I, I would. I, I actually would be down to help you support something like that. And yep. you know, me, you. I, own, I, I own. a You've seen my slingshot. You actually came up to our ride and saw all the slingshots, which are exotics. Um, We would definitely be down to help something like that and bring positive and and someone to teach these kids. One of the things I heard that people were kind of upset about was that the cops were just pulling anybody over on scooters. And they were tending to forget that anything under 50 cc's, you don't need a plate. You don't need certain things. And I was hearing that was the other problem that was happening when they were rustling up everybody. Um, They brought the environmental police in here. Those were the guys that were on the the dirt bikes. Um, I saw a lot of people complaining about those guys. But to be honest, how about bringing these environmental police guys in here and have them sit down with some of these kids with some of these dirt bikes and say, hey, riding on the street isn't the fun part of riding a dirt bike on tarmac. Here's where the fun part is and let these environmental police say, hey, Let's go up behind Massasoit and take some of these trails that are through the bridge waters and stuff. Now, let's see how you know how to ride. Yeah, you can do wheelies on the, on the street and show off, but that, that dirt bike you have can do a lot more. This is what it's capable of, and let's teach them that, you know? Um, it, it would be nice. It would be nice to see that leadership instead of trying to roust everybody up. But the, you're right. right. The, the car culture here in Brockton is big and, and we could utilize that to bringing money into the city if done the right way. I agree right. with you on that one. And you're the only candidate that's ever pointed that out. So I got to, I had to get that conversation with you going because we, we need something like that. I love it.
6: Yeah. Yeah. No, it's uh, I mean, they're, they're Brocktonians too. So I don't, you know, I, uh, we have to represent everybody and, and, um, uh, we can't, you know, and, and and it's like different strokes for different folks, right? So some people, I, I just, as long as it's not harming people and it's not, you know, and if we could make, find a way to make it legal, you know, who are we to judge what one person's hobby is versus another? And, you know, so I, I that's not sort of how I look at it.
5: Mm-hmm. We got a lot of people in the chat. Lisa Marie White, okay. thank you for tuning in. Michelle Hanson, thank you for yep. tuning in. Michelle Hanson, she said this will allow for serious creative expression it definitely would and i think if you put it more out in the open and didn't make it a bad thing you would get more kids into wanting to become mechanics because that's what that's why i became a mechanic and that's what my career was because i liked working on cars i ordered all the crap from jc whitney to put on my car and worked on it myself i had a distributor cap that was clear that lit up when at night when i lifted the hood up and you know i had the clear spark plug what all that stuff the funny thing was was J.C. Whitney, I remember putting a third brake light in the back of my 78 Grand Prix. And back then, you used to get pulled over for having that third brake light in your back window. Cops would pull you over, give you a fix-it ticket back in the day. Bill Atwood's in the chat. He'll tell you. You get pulled over. (laughs) The next thing you know, third brake light becomes the part of a car because they realize that it cuts down on getting rear-ended. And the third brake light became... A DOT part, a regulated part of the vehicle. It's funny. It's it's just
6: <laughs> craziness. Wait, wait. When I was in my early twenties, and I, you know, I was very broke, and I went to UMass Boston, and one of my used cars I had was uh, bought off a friend was a uh, 1973 Olds Omega 350 CC. That thing, you would, you know, you put your foot on the pedal. It's like being an amusement park or like in a rocket. <laughs> like you just, your head goes against <laughs> the seat. And I remember I was in the Fenway coming around, you know, one of those little like curve turns and I see the stadium over here. I just try to take my, and the muffler, like really, I had some <laughs> bad mufflishes. So I tried to take my foot off the gas so it wouldn't hear it, but no, no dice. I, I still got the ticket.
5: <laughs> yeah, that's what happens. That's what happens. Oh man, we we, we were on for a good, good amount of time. Do you think you yeah. can stay on and talk the rest yeah, of the topics absolutely. with me tonight? Okay, absolutely. Before we get out of this interview, let people know how to follow you. How to keep track of you and remind them the date to vote next Tuesday.
6: So uh, it is, all my socials are VoteJed, one word, Uh, V-O-T-E-J-E-D. Keith had it in the promo uh, before this broadcast, but so VoteJed, one word, V-O-T-E-J-E-D. So the website's VoteJed.org. I'm on Instagram. TikTok is VoteJed. Uh, Also have a Facebook page under VoteJed. Uh, and so the, uh, in a week from today on September 19th are what are called the preliminary elections. Uh, are it's not a primary, it's not done by party. It's more like a, a semifinal, final or playoff where the field is whittled. So for example, five people running for mayor after next Tuesday, there will be two candidates who go on till November and the same. So with city council, there are nine of us running at large. The eight of us will proceed on in November where people can choose four. Uh, not every ward is has a uh has a ward counselor uh on the ballot in, in a week uh and not every ward has a school committee member only a ward three does only in and uh and ward six so uh so both elections are important so again in a week that determines who will appear on the ballot in november uh, and i appreciate people's uh support and votes i got lawn signs uh uh give rides to oh and oh and there's early voting right now so if anybody wants to get That's out of the right. way and not worry about it you can go to the shaw's center so to so to the left of the baseball field right behind between the rmv and the uh, high school is the shaw's center and you can go there uh the hours vary by day but basically at midday they're always open like like noon 2 p.m 4 3 p.m they're definitely always open
5: and yeah i actually have a banner that i've spot. been showing at yep. the end of the show, at the end of the show, I have a banner that shows with all the times and the days from yep. here on out, so people know when to go. I, I like to make sure people are notified on this show, um, yep. and they can't say they didn't hear anything. Michelle Henson says, "Vote for Jed." Dave Haggerty, what's going on? I see you in the chat. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, we're going to get into some of the topics. Jed's going to hang on here. He's going to talk with me, and I, I like this because I tell people all the time. I said, sometimes this is how you can win votes. I said, sometimes you can come on here and speak about one of the topics from your heart. And people say, oh, shoot, this guy feels the same way I do about this. Um, I've got some topics coming up here that are Brockton-related. but not going to spend a lot of time on it because, I, like I said, when we get into it, we'll, we'll talk about it. Give a little piece on it. But uh, I, I'm not going to touch much on it. Um, in the news booth. Uh, Last week, Brockton Public Schools Chief Financial Officer Aldo Petrino was placed on administrative leave in the wake of this $14 million deficit. Um, I had already said the auditors are going to find out everything that we need to know. Um, The night that this happened, there were a lot of unconfirmed rumors that were out there. I'm glad that we were able to get a lot of those rumors clarified and get them gone. Um, But at the end of the day, we still have $14 million. That was in the 23 budget that has to be explained. Um, Everybody's saying this leading towards this overspending for buses, overspending on security measures. Um, I'm I'm not giving excuses for anybody, but I do know someone who's been involved with budgets and things of that sort. 2023 coming out of that losing COVID money was tough for a lot of cities and towns. Um, COVID money is responsible for a lot of problems throughout the country. It's not just Brockton people. I just saw a story last week where uh Boston school uh, superintendent embezzled $40,000 was taking friends on trips and things of that sort. So um, that was a, like a charter school or something. But again, it's not just Brockton um, let the auditors figure out what they're going to do. But, Today, there was some damning news because the assistant chief financial officer, Chris Correa, who was actually put on administrative leave for calling out this $14 million, his emails were released. And um, it makes you think, where is this headed? What's this going to do? Um, why did they discipline him when he was dead on about when you read these emails you're gonna you say oh my god this this kid he knew he knew he he said exactly where the money was he knew the shortfall was coming and there's gonna be people there's gonna be people who answer for it but like i said the auditors are taking care of what they need to take care of let's let the auditors finalize all this and and before we pass judgment before we throw people under the bus um Let's find out what these auditors come back with. I'm surprised that this email even was leaked while this was going on. What are your thoughts on that? I got to ask you that one. You would think that this would be tight. This would not have been leaked. Something of this, this is crucial.
6: Well, it's, it's pretty clear. That, so the, I'm not sure who. So there's a PDF document. And the front two pages are the, are the letter where uh, Korea's uh, attorney files the, the claim. Uh, the whistleblower complaint or claim uh it's addressed to the mayor but it's also it uh includes the school committee so so the mayor's wearing sort of his both hats including his hat as the chair of the school committee uh and then these are attached as exhibits uh to support their claim that that he was that he tried to raise the alarm and that he is being retaliated against so uh so it's not like it's an internal i mean these are emails that were in his possession Mm -hmm. um Uh, I feel like you
5: withhold that, though, that that his attorneys withhold that from the public. But I don't know. We've seen this time and time again where they do this now. This is the new thing now. Getting that public reaction um, they feel is going to go good towards that person's fight or whatever. I think it's weird that we're like this now. Before that stuff was protected, I feel like.
6: Well, except I mean, but probably what rubbed some of the folks the wrong way, aside from being suspended immediately was uh, and he was suspended as well as Aldo uh is that you know the after the very first emergency uh, school committee meeting, the one where you and other folks you know was, were were yes. outside the high school at night waiting for that, and the mayor came out and gave a speech on behalf of the school committee and said this line about and we will be seeking or we will be appointing new leadership, like there was no like <laughs> We have confidence in our in like none of that usual public relation kind of speak where you really soft pedal. Uh, it was you know, and I think that might have rubbed people the wrong way. About
5: well, the first thing that, that stuck out to me was when Joyce introduced herself and she said a prepared statement, and right then and there, I was like, okay, well, we're not getting what we want to get from the mayor because this was a prepared statement by right. the person overseeing the Brockton Public Schools. So right out the gate, anybody who paid attention and listened, they they knew that we weren't getting the upfront story from anybody that was a prepared statement. And Robert Sullivan gave that prepared statement. Um, and like I said, no, none of these people are going to talk now while this investigation and audit and everything is going on. So right. that's kind of why they want to beat a dead horse and things of that sort. So let's, let's see what happened. It's going to get interesting. This is going to get interesting. Um, and there's still, there's still new rumors popping up in regards to the buses and things of that sort. So we'll see, we'll see. Uh, Getting into the legal booth. What's going on, Andrew Fernandez and Heather Shrew? Thank you for tuning in. In the legal booth, man, oh, man, oh, man. In Chatham at Goose Pond, down in Chatham, down the Cape. A 14, and I I don't understand why Fox and some other news stations are showing and giving the name of this boy's pictures. Um, It's a heinous crime. He's 14 years old. He committed a racial crime. He tried to murder, he tried to drown a black youth at a pond down the Cape, called him George Floyd, told him he couldn't breathe and held him underwater. What surprised me is that he's now being charged with attempted murder. This is going to be considered a hate crime. Um, The court system says that this young child is known to the court system. Um, And one of the things that I, I like to say on this show is all the time is that You're not born with racism. Racism is taught. And you have a very blended family yourself. So I know, you know, you've seen these type of things. And I feel racism is taught. What kind of home did this young man grow up in to have this type of hate? But I think plastering his name and face all over the news right now, I think that's counterproductive. I don't like that at all. Your thoughts, if you want.
6: Well, I think... uh so there, there there have been a series of incidents you know they don't happen all the time they happen once a year or whatever where uh there'll be a party or an event and for and for somehow it's a uh, it's a black teenager who ends up drowning right and i mean the incident that was in braintree or quincy that wasn't the, hardly the only incident so the chatham case you've got a case where it's clear-cut the intent the other ones—is it negligence? Is it—is it you know what what was behind it? But that also made the news too. So they, the other day, the retired uh, state police detective and his wife, who were charged with providing, so basically had a party. I think it was a graduation party. Mm-hmm. There were a bunch of kids there, friends, and they provided them with alcohol, and uh, the young black man died in the pool. And so the d- prosecutors were seeking some kind of time, I think I think just under the two and a half year uh, House of Correction max, right? And uh, the judge decided to enter a plea of guilty in one thing, and basically they got no time. Okay, so that's the first part of the story. Then I see the in the Herald newsletter, the Herald is complaining or, or, or someone's complaining because the defendants, when they got out of the court, <laughs> the guy got clocked in the head by I, I would assume family members of the victim who were rightfully upset now mm. i agree in principle yes you shouldn't be able to go and assault someone outside of a courtroom no matter you can't take the law inside your in your hands but it's interesting that that you know that that the herald wants to you know make a big issue out of this when uh there are other cases where upset parents have been given a free pass and in virginia uh, uh this dad whose daughter had been sexually abused and was like you know, fighting the police at school committee meetings mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. over transgender stuff, right? I mean, literally fighting the police. The governor just, and that was also this week, just pardoned that guy. So if the governor could... So what I'm saying to so, oh, well, I completely understand. That guy was upset. His his daughter got, got uh, sexually assaulted. But then you got this other case where the family is also understandably upset because the people responsible for their kid being uh, drowning... Didn't get any time, and and so I there's a disconnect there. Not that we're surprised, but but
5: yeah, it's 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 crazy. And like I said, it's just I see there's there's some weird things going on. What's up, Travis Lloyd C? Glad to see you watching. We got a lot of people in the chat. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, also, here's another crazy story, people in the legal booth. The five officers who were fired in the death of T- uh, Tyree Nichols. Um, They have now been charged with federal civil rights violation. Now, here's the thing, people. I've been following this Tyree Nichols story, and this was more than a civil rights violation. Um, When you read into this story and how this story came to be, um, Tyree Nichols was actually had a connection to one of these police officers' baby's mother, Um, and he was jealous. When you read this whole story and how this thing went down, They hunted Tyree Nichols down when you when you read this story of what how this whole thing. And then not only did they hunt them down after they beat him to death. The only reason why this came out is because two of the officers involved in the beating took pictures and texted those photos to certain people. One of those people being the baby's mama. For me, that's not just a civil rights violation. That's straight-up murder. Period. Period. Straight-up murder. Um, I'm really following this case. I'd like to see where this goes. And it's scary. It is scary because, you know, we we talk about police officers. We talk about good cop, bad cops. And sometimes you hear when you talk about bad cops, sometimes you hear about the so-called gang members in uniform and their actions were almost like gang members. Yeah. So I don't, know, you, you, I don't know if you're familiar, if you wanted to chime in on that one.
6: No, I, I agree with you. I, I don't, I don't, I mean, I think the only wrinkle I would say to that is I, and I. you're not saying this, but sometimes folks will say, oh, well, it wasn't racially motivated. It was motivated because this X or Y thing. Right. And I would argue that, 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 that white supremacy or the system of white supremacy allows folks, even in this case, of the black office allows for, or the, or the, the culture we have about not questioning and not regulating policing the way we do other professions, right. Mm-hmm. Allows those crazy hotheads. So it's true. It's not all cops by any stretch. You've got some assassins, some hotheads, you know, the guy or the relation, right. The connection with the baby's yep, mother. Yeah. Yep. Right. But, but they, they you know, literally the license and the badge to.
5: And and here's the thing,
6: right?
5: Let's go back to the movie Boys in the Hood. And people sometimes will say, well, Keith, all five of those cops were black. It's not racism. But hold on. We've had people in black culture who they're in the black community. They grow up in the black community, but they hate their own race. Mm -hmm. And we saw that scene portrayed in Boys in the Hood when the black officer pulls over Cube and those guys, and he says, I hate you, N-word, and this and that. And he was, he had self-hate. Candace, I I always say her name, but she's full of, I feel, self-hate. There's a lot of people that we see in the black community, celebrities that are full of this self-hate. But this here, I don't think it was self-hate. I think this was more of this kid was involved with one of this other officer's baby's mama, and they hunted them down, and they... Pushed them to the point where they could say they had to use uh, justified actions. Because um, they chased them. They chased them. They harassed them when they pulled them over. And he knew. The kid, unfortunately, knew what was happening. He tried to run from them. But then they used it against him and they beat him to death, took his life. And it's just crazy. Crazy stuff. Um, in the entertainment booth. Oh, man. <laughs> Deadpool 3 is being filmed right now. Leave Schreiber has been announced he will be back to play, guess who, in Deadpool 3. My man is reprising his role as Sabretooth, not as a cameo. They're saying he will be part of this Deadpool movie. So now you have Lee Schreiber as Sabretooth. You have Wolverine, and then you have Ryan Reynolds, who's been wanting this Wolverine. I can't wait. I can't wait for Deadpool three. <laughs> Lee Schreiber was it was so great to see him bring that that saber tooth back. Also in the entertainment booth, Fran Drescher was reelected as the SAG after president. As you guys know, that the the strike, the writer's strike, all that, the actor strike is still going on. Um, they're they're buckled down, they're they're holding their ground, and their election came up. Fran Drescher, who's been doing. Phenomenal for them. They've re elected her back in. She will remain the president for SAG after. Um, it's kind of funny because she has that voice,
6: <laughs> that nanny voice as president.
2: <laughs> I, I'm uh, laughing
6: because I had a, uh, uh, at one point in my life, I went to couples counseling. And so our couples counselor therapist sounded just like Fran Drescher. Oh, it, it was hilarious. Oh, man. At one point she said we were we were like busy beefing in the in the meeting and you know and arguing and then but yep. then she said this You guys really love each other, don't you? And we we're like we talked to each other, we like in the middle of our <laughs> argument <and> said, Yep
5: <laughs> Uh Andrew Fernandez says, Yes, as she should be, hottest job. Deborah Premack, thank you for tuning in. All right, I got a trailer for you guys right here. Apple T V Legacy of Monsters Monarch. If you guys don't know what Monarch is, Monarch is the terrorist company who was trying to, well, they got infiltrated by terrorists. They were trying to learn about the monsters in the monsterverse. Here's that trailer, exclusive trailer for you guys. Apple TV, November 13th, Monarch, Legacy of Monsters. And guess who's in this? Kurt Russell. Here we go.
4: I don't know if this will get to you, I
1: hope so. I can't go back in time and fix all the mistakes
2: I made. But maybe I could leave something for the future. A legacy. The world is on
5: fire. I decided to do something about it. Hopes, dreams, Ambitions. The mission was to protect their world and ours. It's what we wanted Monarch to be. Instead of chasing monsters. If you come with me,
2: you'll know everything I promised.
5: November 17th, I will be in front of my TV. Legacy among, I'm a huge Godzilla fan. Um, November 1st is the Godzilla Toho release. I can't wait for that. I'm a huge, huge, huge Godzilla fan, as everybody knows. In the sports booth, rest in peace, Mike Williams, 36 years old. He was actually working on a construction site. A metal beam fell, struck him in his head. His family took him on, off of life support um he was breathing on his own but he succumbed to his injuries so rest in peace mike williams wide receiver he played for the bills he played for tampa bay um 36 years old sad sad tragedy um prayers and blessings going out to his family week one philadelphia new england here in boston pats dropped the game 20 to 25 it was a good game a tough first half uh Patch couldn't get anything done on offense. Mac Jones blames himself for the loss because he did have a fourth down, two point conversion that he tried to do after he tied that they, they, they came within reach. Um he got sacked on one play. Um Hunter Henry dropped a pass. But um overall, the new offensive coordinator, this is what I told everybody. Having a new offensive coordinator is going to be key for this entire team. Uh, one of the things I did notice about this team, though. If you are an offensive coordinator, and if you only have a pocket passer going up against this Patriot defense, you got a problem. You Because Jalen Hurts was running for his life on Sunday. Running for his life. If you're a pocket passer and you don't run, Matt, they had Christian Gonzalez coming in from the secondary, and he made a sack. Um, what scared what? me the most is that Tony Romo, during the broadcast, he says... Wow, Belichick is showing coverages that I've never, ever seen before in my career. That right there was scary. This is a this is a quarterback on live TV. Tony Romo's played for a lot of years. You would think that Tony Romo has seen probably every coverage out there. And for him to say that lets me know that Belichick knows what he has in his defense. When you blitz a guy like Christian Gonzalez, you got a guy like Judon, you got a guy like Uchi. All these guys can come from everywhere. You start hiding all these blitzes in different places. It's a tough defense. I don't know. Were you able to check out the game?
6: Yes, I, I watched. Well, all right. I'll be honest. So I saw the uh, the the uh, the two turnovers in a row, and at that point, I was like, "Bring back Brady." And I was hoping that your <laughs> prediction was going to come true—that he was, you know, going to have his little one minute. Oh, don't get as, yeah, don't get me third- started. Right. Yeah, we're going to talk about uh,
5: that real quick.
6: <laughs> but then I then I tuned in later, and uh, I mean I try to go canvassing a, almost every single day, so really every day. So that was really hard. But the weather sort of cooperated to keep me inside. Uh, but and yeah, you wore I, what, out your third pair of shoes too. I saw. And what you say about the pocket passer? I mean, that's you know that is that is very fitting considering that was you know long. You know, Brady wasn't exactly known for 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 moving on his feet either. So. Uh, I love the fact that we're flipping that right against yeah. other teams. So,
5: yeah, yeah, it's great stuff. It's great stuff. Yeah. And Hunter Henry, who missed that, who had a one handed catch that was the catch of the day throughout the NFL, that catch was amazing. Um, he said he'll go to war with Mac Jones. He don't care what people are, were saying about him last year. He knows what he is and what he can do. And Mac Jones actually proved it. He came out, he threw a pick six. On his first possession, everybody was throwing their hands up, and then Mac Jones kept his composure, and then he 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 torched that defense, torched it for two oh. touchdowns coming back in the second half. Um, also, <laughs> if you're there were two people who woke up this morning very upset: fantasy football owners, GMs who drafted Aaron Rodgers, and New York Jets fans. Four plays into last night's game, Aaron Rodgers falls back. Reports are unconfirmed. I don't know. They might have been confirmed by now, but I've been doing this stuff to produce the show. But Robert Sala, mostly everybody that's close to Rogers is saying, blown Achilles tendon. That's what the word is. If that's the case, he's already been moved to IR. But if that's the case, a lot of people are saying retirement. Um, The reason why I think this is definitely solid, the NFL has already announced that the Green Bay Packers, who were supposed to get a first round pick, are only going to get a second round pick now for Aaron Rodgers going to the jets because he's on the IR and everybody's saying it's going to be for the season and probably his career crappy way to go out. I've got some people beat me up on Facebook because I said that maybe if Aaron Rodgers trained like Tom Brady and believed in that pliability, (laughs) stretching of the tendons and stretching of the muscles that everybody used to pick on Brady for, but Brady lasted a long time. Um, yeah. Maybe he wouldn't have blown out this Achilles tendon. Who knows? You know, if he had took over that TB twelve, and like I said, we already know Aaron Rodgers is a guy who really doesn't like to work out. We we learned this during COVID. He talked about his training regimen, and if you've been watching Hard Knocks, you, you you've seen some things there on Hard Knocks too. So it's a tough one. I know a lot of fantasy owners are out there right now. Um, college football. <laughs> At the beginning of the college football season, Vegas and all the odds makers and all the professionals in college sports said, yeah, Dion's in Colorado. Guess what? He's good for two wins this season. Well, <laughs> uh, Deion Sanders went to TCU, beat TCU. Nebraska came to Colorado for a rivalry game. They were two-and-a-half-point favorites at home, <laughs> and, and he whooped up on them. What Deion Sanders is doing right now, he's got two wins. Colorado State is now coming into town. Then they've got Oregon. I think, I think Prime's gonna take Colorado State. I think Oregon Ducks is gonna be the first real test of this team to see what we got. But the season's real short, man. This is he's talking the talk and walking the walk. His son Shador Sanders has already thrown for over a thousand yards. Uh He's like at seven, t- seven TDs, 10 TDs or something. Your thoughts Because this is, this is great stuff. This is amazing to see this. And he's such a likable guy.
6: I, I mean, I don't, I'll be honest. I don't really follow college stuff too much, but I have seen uh, prior when he was at the HBCU and the speech he gave, that yeah, was, yeah. that was sort of went viral. Uh, and I, I definitely enjoy watching him. And I'm really glad that, cause as you know, he took a lot of criticism when he left there to go yeah. to Colorado, but I, I'm really glad that he's sort of recovered from that and, and is
5: yeah, so yeah. Yeah. Coach one Prime the, is,
6: yeah. One of the best no, speeches I, yeah.
5: one of the best speeches he did say at J, JSU and and it was funny because a lot of people in the black community beat the hell out of him for it. Um he had gave a speech to his team when they went home for the Thanksgiving break. And he, when he spoke to them, he was like a like a father figure, and he said, When you go home. The people that you think love you, don't love you. Remember that 100% of them don't love you. They want to take away what you got. They see what you got going on, and they want to take it away. He says, stay away from the women. And he, he went down this whole list. And a lot of people were like, yeah. he should have never said that to those guys. That wasn't right. Not calling out family members. And I was like, you know what? He's right, though. Some of the closest people to you are going to be the ones t- to bring your downfall. And um, I agree. I, that's why I, I love Prime. I, he tells it like it is. So let's see what happens. Colorado State this week, let's see what happens. They have a chance to go up 3-0, and they are now ranked 18th on the AP Wire. Eight. Imagine that. This is a team that had one win last year. They weren't even ranked entering this season, and they are now ranked 18th in the, in the country. Impressive. 2023 U.S. Open champion Coco Gauff. Congrats to her. The youngest winner since 2001. Shouts out to her. Also, let's get into this. Tom Brady, they said it was going to be special and unique. I hate to say this, people. It wasn't special and unique. We've seen it before. We've seen exactly everything. He came out with the team. He had a little nice speech, and that was it. And I was pissed. And I'm saying to myself, you guys are going to allow Ben Roethlisberger, a rapist, to have a better send-off than Tom Brady, the GOAT who everybody in this entire league has feasted off of for 20 years. Even though they teams have lost to Brady, they've got high ratings. They got sold-out stadiums. Even if Pats fans were coming to those stadiums to buy those tickets, you saw that revenue. So yeah. I had thought that the league would have did something much bigger for him since he didn't really get to leave the field to play properly. I had figured a two-minute warning, kneel down, or something could have happened. Um Again, that game was close, so it couldn't. But, it, like I said, it pissed me off at the fact that Ben Roethlisberger will now go down in getting a better send-off than Tom Brady. That just <laughs> blows my mind. That pisses me off
6: right now. <laughs> well, I remember the game, and I think it was the game after – uh was the first game of the season after we won the Super Bowl and was following Deflake. And I'm pretty sure because I remember they they had the game and they came out and they they uh, I think they had the rapper. You know, all I do is win, no matter what. Yep, yep. yep. It was really over the top. It was, but it was definitely people interpret it as like a as a fu to Roger Goodell and you know yep. from Kraft. So, so you're saying this was much less. This wasn't anywhere on that level. Of, exactly of hype, right? Yeah, but, yeah. And CBS didn't even carry it. Right. That's my nope. I
5: had to go on Facebook. I had to watch it on Facebook. I, I was like, Wow, this was it was just insane. Um and then everybody's beating up Giselle. There's a whole debate out there on social media because Giselle didn't show up. And I said, To me, it kinda speaks volumes because he could have left after winning a Super Bowl, but he decided to go back to football and that pissed her off. That cost right. him his family. And I felt like when he won the Super Bowl with Tampa Bay, there was not really nothing left for him to do. He should have left and Put his family in check, but instead he played one more year and then he retired, but it's too late. She's gone. She wasn't, you know, wasn't coming back. So uh Brockton High. I saved this for last. Um Brockton High, Jermaine Wiggins, the head coach, lost in their debut against Barnstable. Um I'm gonna speak from opinion here. And, and I think this is something that really needs to be done when talking about the Brockton High football team. And I know this word's probably going to get to a lot of people, but it is what it is. Before Wiggins came here and Wiggins was announced, there were a lot of people within the Brockton School Department, including coaches, who were unhappy that Wiggy got this spot. And I get it. The reason why Wiggy was hired here was to keep kids from making this mass exodus to other schools and keep kids here. The football program is your biggest program here. You've already got a kid who is the best in the state at basketball, taking pictures with LeBron. He's all over the place getting all these props from the NBA. And guess what? He don't play for Brockton High. You don't play for Brockton High. And and Brockton High knows this. The problem here is that if you're part of Wiggy's coaching staff, you gotta be on the same page. You gotta be committed to putting a winning team on that field. And I feel like a lot of coaches might be tainted by Wiggy being here. And I feel like that some of these coaches are not given a hundred percent to help bring success because I feel like they want him to fail. I feel like they may want him to fail and he'll be out and then they'll have to get a guy from inside to be head coach. But that rumbling that was here prior it was there was a lot of it we heard it through the grapevine we heard a lot of the coaches upset that they weren't chosen and like i said i think wiggy should have came in here and been really open and said hey i know you guys don't like me but this is what i need from you maybe that didn't happen that's just a speculation for me i don't know if you want to comment on that on that
6: well the reason i'm smiling so when actually i i went and got my um ted lasso shirt (laughs) oh when you when you talked about Apple TV right yeah yep. life but really there I I work for a company that that teaches leadership or or does executive coaching leadership for I mean CBS the head of retail at CBS Best Buy I mean really so it's legit <laughs> high level stuff and what Ted Lasso taught the whole leadership style with Ted lasso and and you know if you're a fan of the show the coaches that are all in alignment, it's it's uh, as well as having uh you know putting the team first as well as having humility i mean all those kind mm-hmm. of things so that's as soon as you talked about yeah if you, if you got workplace culture issues where people are not it always comes out in the wash so to speak so like so like you said if if the assistant coaches are not on the same page uh you know they don't even have to be actively uh sabotaging you know Wiggins they just have to if they're just not if they don't believe in the same plan yeah. You get yeah. what you get, you
5: know? Yeah, it's, it's tough. It's tough. So we'll see. Uh, getting into our last segment, the Biden bombshells. And these are two things here that I got to talk about um, in regards to Biden bombshells. <clears throat> this past week, we had undocumented migrants were sent to a hotel out in, um, I want to say Marlboro. Within hours that night, Neo-Nazi yeah. groups showed up and were outside that hotel. The next day, or that week, that same weekend, migrants had arrived on Thursday in Quincy at a, a hotel or some area dorms for a school in Quincy. Later that afternoon, the neo-Nazi group showed up there. Residents showed up themselves and turned these neo-Nazis away. The reason why I want to bring this up, people is the timing. And I've been talking to my guys from the booth, my legal guys. And one of the suspicions I have is, you know, the MAGA crowd is who's, who's very upset about these migrants and Texas and Florida are doing a good job sending all these people to states sanctuary, so-called sanctuary states like Massachusetts. The problem here now is that when you have neo-Nazi groups showing up at places like this, Within hours of them being dropped off, the question has to be asked. Who's tipping them off? Right. Yes, it might be public record that they're coming or whatever. But somebody is tipping these groups off so they can be there. And that's scary. Because when you go to New York and you see the Statue of Liberty, the book she holds in her hand is Give Us Your Tired. You know? To, to come here, and I get it undocumented migrants is a big problem it's been a big problem in this country for many 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 years but to come to a a state have them lie to you, put you on a bus and send you to another state with false promises then you arrive with your family, your kids you're put up in a hotel to only be awoken by people who hate you because of the color of your skin or because of you're not from here I feel like that is super un-American and unwelcoming I I hate it. I think that, I think everybody should, if you're in these towns, the city councils should be right on this. I think, what would you do? I mean, if this happened in Brockton, you were on the city council and the neo-Nazis showed up within hours, what would your plan be as a city council? What would be your first actions? Because this is horrendous.
6: By, to be honest my my response is is not a city council response i'll, I'll explain why so so years wow. ago uh when i was much younger and more radical i was in an organization that would if the clan showed up or the nazis showed up they would show up with uh bats or sticks and and beat the crap out of them and there was once for example a baseball game in chicago chicago was still very segregated well still segregated what who am i kidding mm-hmm. And so they knew a multiracial game would tip off the Nazis. So if you watch the Blues Brothers, it's that whole era where the neo-Nazis kept trying to march (laughs) in Chicago, right? So what they did is they had a a white baseball game on one side of the street and a black baseball game on the other side. And when the Nazis showed up, all those people came, right? And the reason I'm saying this is that I think that these Nazis are are operating on borrowed time because they're doing things that are predictable. They're showing up at uh, these... At, at at these at these shelters but also the library thing right so yep. so i think if there are enterprising I, I think what the borrowed time is is that it won't take that long for someone to figure out oh drag show reading at the library neo-nazis might show up and so if you're like a an antifa type that's your opportunity to, to to take them by surprise. I, I I mean, I'm not advocating violence, but I'm just saying they, they are on borrowed time. Um, this particular group, NSC 13, so there's two neo-Nazi groups that are very active mm. in math. There's them and Patriot Front. Patriot Front is the group that went and defaced the, the Black Lives Mural on Legion Parkway. Yeah. Uh, and they did that right here. It was like they know we're a diverse city and they were trying to like stick our nose in it. Uh, yeah. I think that some of the appearances by nsc and 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 front are honestly because they're competing with each other right so they want to so they're trying to send messages they have like bad beef so they're trying to send messages to each other because sometimes the timing of their public appearance is like going to Staro drive and stuff right like, right yep I remember sort of that. Yes. you know i totally agree with you about uh you know you people who are have nothing to do with the policy except just trying to escape you know, nothing to do with foreign policy of trying to escape bad circumstances that are being terrorized. And we even had the spectacle of, uh, you know, one of the rogue candidates for mayor. Uh, put. He said that he tried to blame Democrats and that, but he tried to say basically there was going to be a raid in town and of Haitian folks. And that's just completely irresponsible. You're just terrorizing people for, for no reason whatsoever. Like, you know, there's no raid. There's not, you know,
5: Right, right. So, yeah, it's it's crazy. It's it's scary. And like I said, you know, these people come here, and you know, it is what it is. But at the end of the day, to show up and harass and scare is just you know. And and R squared, who's a JAG officer, you know, retired JAG officer, he also served the military, who's been on this show, he pulls no punches. He calls these people domestic terrorists, and he says yeah. they, the government needs to find their balls and they need to put an end to this whole thing. They need they they've already the feds and the DOJ have already claimed them as terrorists just could finish the job. And he says when Rob was on the show last week he said it. They had a chance in Waco to send the message and they dropped the ball. That was that was that was what Rob was saying. And for those who remember Waco, that was that was the Janet Reno she wanted to but because you know, she did they they didn't go in and fully just end it. So Interesting stuff. Um, yeah. Last item in the Biden bombshells before we get out of here, Mr. McCarthy orders impeachment inquiry to, into President Biden against against the wishes of the majority GOP. In other words, he's appealing to that alt-maga right, the MTGs, you know, all those people. Um, he's appealing to them. He's opening this inquiry. The GOP is saying, "Hey, there's nothing here. It's already been proven. There's nothing there." It's not worth it, but McCarthy is putting his neck out for these alt-right. And um, this is going to get interesting um, to see where it's going. Like I said, the GOP wants no part of Trump in the the presidency. They're doing their best to make sure he doesn't end up there. We'll see. We'll see. Um, Anything you want to chime in on on that? Are you good with that?
6: no i'm good with that i think i think you i mean i i read a good analysis recently about he's he's fighting he's fighting on multiple fronts so he's fighting against these so this is his is he's trying they're they're basically the the very far right the freedom caucus are very upset with him. they've been upset with the deal that he made several months ago to to raise the debt ceiling and so he may be toast this may be too little too late in terms of saving him with them right and but you're absolutely right the other parts the more center members the more they're, they're all like, no, yeah, no, no impeachment inquiry, the whole thing. So
5: Corey, the Bobber is in the chat. What's up, man. East side cuts. Andrew Fernandez says, I bet you that one of the com- compromises so he could be speaker. Yeah. And that's, yeah. and that's what's going on. Yep. That's one of the things. All right. Let me get into my outro banners here. People, those who support the show. Thank you very much. <clears throat> those who support what's... and buy the beanies. Um, that's them right there. Also, the shows I produce, Oscar Mike Radio, Fubar Studios, Maddie C Sports for you and Me, Happy Hour Edo Triangle Offense, Oscar Mike Radio, my show, 75 Cent Wings, every NFL game, Platinum City Gaming. Also, people, these are the people who are running for election. These are their fundraisers. Cynthia Hodges, Jamal Brathwaite, he's Thursday night um, at Ann's Palace. That's this week um jeffrey thompson same night he's at tommy doyle's at sideline so people are gonna have to <laughs> go all over the place also on friday night they're hosting a back to school movie night featuring super mario brothers for free and there's those early voting hours september 9th to the 15th 10 12 8 30 8 30 30 um you want to get down there early vote hydrant flushing and mass uh, brockton september 11th to the 26th through various areas the pink house Pink out on October 21st, 12 to 5 at the VFW. And your voice, your vote, next Tuesday, let's get out there. These are people who've been submitting their banners for the show who want you to know. Jamal Brathwaite, September 19th. John Bradley, Droncourt, Council at Large. He's also dropped his banner on this show. Cynthia Hodges, Counselor at Large. She dropped her banner on this show, so you know. Steve Hook, Counselor at Lodge, he was actually on this show. He did a great show with us, and we talked about also Tornadoes. Jamie Hodges, Ward 2, School Committee. We've got Jed on the show today. I'll add his banner to the show for the end of this. Cynthia Rivas-Mendez, Ward 5, School Committee. And John C. Williams from Mayor He's added his banner to the show. All you guys, if you're running for office or running for a seat, get your banners to me. I'll put them on the show. We got till November, um, September 14th to the 17th, Greek Food Festival. Get my baklava and Remy TV 2024 Influencer Awards. Make sure to reach out to her. Nominate Sinister One Productions in the booth and all the shows I produce. Kimberly Ann Empowerment Photography. And that's it. It's time for us to get out of here. Um, Jed, let them know one last time where they can follow you and check you out and say your goodbyes.
6: Thank you. VoteJed.org, V-O-T-E-J-E-D.org, or look for Jed. uh, Heresco is the last name. Look for Jed on Facebook. (coughs) Vote Jed on Instagram. Vote Jed on uh, TikTok. Uh, And I'm also, I think, in the comments on here, and I've linked back to, to Keith's show. Thank you so much, Keith.
5: No, no problem. And he, he mentioned TikTok, and I, I, I have a love-hate relationship with TikTok. <laughs> I can go on TikTok, and if it's something that I like, I could. It could be like three hours go by, and I'm like, "What the hell?" <laughs> I love, I love some of this stuff. Um, and then I just some of the stuff I hate on TikTok are the um, the irresponsible parent stuff. That drives me. That's the stuff that really gets me going. But I'm actually people. I'm actually getting off this show, and I'm going on Starfield on Xbox because that's been the game for me right now. It's been a game for a lot of people that are out there right now. This is a deep, deep, deep RPG. Great stuff. I want to thank everybody for tuning in to the show. Got two weeks left to September, people. And remember, the month of October is my Halloween-themed show. So for the entire month of October, it's a Halloween theme. So make sure to tune in in October. Last year, we I was in a full-fledged zombie apocalypse every episode. And then um, this year, I can let the cat out the bag because it's really no big secret. But this year, for October, I've been invited to an exorcism for the theme of the show. And the reason why is because in October is the 50th anniversary of the movie The Exorcist. And there is a sequel to The Exorcist coming out called Exorcist The Believer where the demon, the original demon who possessed Reagan in that first movie, comes back, and these demons possess two girls to try to force people to save one, but let the other stay possessed. Very interesting. That's going to open October 5th. I'll have to get the trailer for you guys for that one. And again, Jed, thank you, man, for coming on the show. Remind them again when they got to vote.
6: Uh, A week from today's broadcast, which is Tuesday, September 19th. Polls are open 7 a.m. till 8 p.m. at night. And then the same hours on Tuesday, November 7th.
5: Cool cool stuff. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. John Bettis, I see you in the chat. What's going on? Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. SpongeBob, do me a favor. Take us home.
0: See you next Tuesday.
4: Thank you for listening to The Booth on HubaZoo and HatcherRadio.com. Please follow the Facebook page and subscribe to the podcast at Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. The Booth is a Sinister One production hosted by Sinister One.
5: I've got to start hanging out with friends that are a little more intelligent and understand politics instead. It's just that I'm up on this level up here, and all my friends are down here. Me, nah. You guys, meh. Maybe a little more down, down in here. Screw you guys, I'm going home I smoke, I drink, I do
4: my thing These bitches hating, so you know I got to make it plain Don't do cocaine with your chick, my main We stick together, true forever, yeah, you know we bang I miss those days which was easy if only i make making this don't no repeat now that i done upgraded i've been upstate but y'all think i'm playing and i gotta hit now for these weak assholes who think i ain't playing try me try me and i'll probably end up laughing cause i never back down i'm that chick with a clean ass whip i don't need that it's like i'm on now I get hurt, I get tired of fussing, fighting, guess I gotta crack down. Don't mess with me, cause on
2: everything,
4: I'ma have to bring the whole city out. <laughs> <laughs> W-H-O-O-V-A-Z-O-O,
6: that's a wizard.com. your website, it's your website, it's your website, it's your website.